Hello and welcome back to another episode of Locked on Spartans. It is Friday, May 3rd, 2019. I am your host, Will Hunter. Thanks so much for joining me for the final edition of Locked on Spartans this week. On today's show, as promised yesterday, Stephen Brooks from 247sports.com stops by. He's in for the whole show and we just run through uh, a bunch of potential NFL prospects on this Michigan State football roster. Uh, Stephen actually had a post up on this uh, on 247sports.com a couple days ago. And so we sort of use that as a guideline and go through 10 guys on the MSU roster uh, that have, few, uh, you know, potential to play in the NFL, um, you know, either after this season or in some cases for a couple of guys, they won't be draft eligible yet. So in a couple seasons down the road. So that's what we're doing today. Three segments of that uh, really good discussion Stephen and I had uh, a little bit earlier when we recorded that. So uh, definitely some good stuff there. Before we get into that, reminder, rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast if you haven't. Uh, Subscribing is the easiest way to get the show on your phone every single day when it is published. All right, Stephen and I ran long, so I'm just going to jump right into it. Here's uh, segment one with Stephen Brooks from 247sports.com. All right, we are joined now by Stephen Brooks, friend of the show from 247sports.com. He covers Michigan State football and basketball for the site. Stephen, how are you doing? Welcome back to the show. Thanks, as always, for joining us. Yeah, absolutely. Well, appreciate it, man. Uh, I'm doing all right. Uh, kind of, uh, you know, I wanted around the Final Four because I was so overwhelmed and uh, I wanted things <laughs> to slow down so bad. And now they've really, uh, oh, now the drafts are almost slowed to a halt. So, um, actually, would kind of like things to pick up a little bit, but yeah, just kind of getting by here. Yeah, we were uh, just joking around before we started recording. You and I both have to do daily work covering Michigan State uh, in different ways, and it just dries up uh, a ton <laughs> as soon as the tournament ends until like the end of summer. It really dries up. Uh, so yeah, we're like, how are we going to fill all this time? So uh, yeah, it's good to be yeah. able to do things. You like gotta this. get creative. Yeah, as you hear my dogs go nuts in the background. The uh, how many is that? Is that one dog? Is that multiple dogs? It's, it's two big dogs, two you okay. know, fifty-five, sixty-five pound dogs. The uh, UPS guy just came by and dropped off their food. Oh, nice. They'll stop in a minute, and I don't feel like getting out of my office, so we're just gonna power through. If they don't stop in the next thirty seconds, uh, then we'll address it. But let's just push through, okay? <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm good. All right. So what we are going to do today, you actually wrote something and that kind of prompted this. I'd been kicking around an idea. I did a little bit, you know, after the NFL draft, a very easy subject to kind of flip into as we talk about filling time and stuff and getting content is, you know, who on this Michigan State football team could get drafted next year. We got the 2020 mock drafts that come out, you know, way too early mock drafts and a couple of Michigan State guys made appearances on that. And so you did uh, it's called Predicting MSU Football's Next draft, uh, next NFL Draft Picks. You can find it on 24-7 Sports uh, Spartan Tailgate uh, if you guys want to read it, listeners. But you basically just go through the entire roster, and you don't limit it to uh, you know, just the, the guys who are going to be draft eligible. You kind of dive a little bit deeper, and you just talk about all the guys with NFL potential. So we're going to talk about some of these guys here. Just go through your list. We'll use it as a guide uh, and just kind of talk sure. about some – you know, different potential for different guys, what they have to do to become pros at the next level and stuff like that. So that is the plan for today. And like I um, said in the intro, which you didn't hear, Stephen, uh, this is the show. Three segments, me and you just uh, hashing it out and talking about this. So let's dig in. Let's start with uh, your number 10 guy, Mike Panishuk. Uh He's currently playing the three technique at MSU's defense. Uh, could be a nose tackle in the NFL is what you write. 
Um, he came in, you know, as a pretty highly regarded recruit, had an interesting, maybe slow-ish start to his career, but has really picked it up lately. Uh, what are some things you like about Panashuk and uh, how he might translate to the next level? Yeah, yeah. Uh, first, I just want to say, so I, you mentioned it, I just didn't want to interrupt you. In uh, putting together this list, um, I did I did not just, go, you know, like Jalen Naylor's on here as a sophomore. He's not mm-hmm. eligible next year. Um, my criteria was kind of if if everybody was in the pool today, who are the 10 guys, you know, who are the guys I'm most confident? Um, I should rephrase that. Okay, if right now if their careers ended, who am I most confident? Um, would get drafted based on what they've done right now. Okay. The, you know, to this point in their career. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like I said, like Naylor, you know, based on one season, right now I'm confident that he will project forward and and uh, you know become that type of player. So I just want to put that out there. It's not a, it's not just seniors or anything. Um, like I said, it was kind of like, you know, based on what they've done right now, who am I most confident will be drafted one day, whenever that yeah. is. But uh, anyway, Panasuk, um He's just uh, he's just a really solid guy. Like they've kind of had in the middle there for a lot of uh, a lot of years. Like uh, you go back to um, guys like Tyler Hoover and Kevin Pickleman, kind of unsung hero guys who were really really good players and just um, sort of capped out at the college level. I don't know if mm-hmm. that'll be Panasu. Maybe um, I think he's got. I think he'll probably put up some pretty good bench numbers because he plays with with really great power. Um, that's something that stands out. And if he can make a wave there. You know, I don't think he's a surefire guy by any means. And then once we get on the list, I'll sort of give you my uh, breaking point of where, you know, I'm I'm 100% confident in Lester. Yeah. But um, I think he'll have to test well and everything. I obviously have a good senior season. Um, I'm just not sure if he's the type of, like, penetrator that you'd want at the, as a three technique in the NFL. That's yeah. kind of where my thinking was. But if he could be a, a one technique nose tackle, just sort of take up space, hold the line type of guy, I think he could be there. Yeah, and it's interesting because he's not – the body type physically big enough to sort of be that, I don't know, like you think of Vince Wilfork or something like that, uh, that yeah. type of guy. Uh, it's more, even, even that position in the NFL is molding towards a snacks Harrison type who is a yeah. little, just a little slimmer than that, but can really move side, especially side to side, great lateral quickness. And so with the position Panish plays in that defense, uh, we notice guys like Jarrell Worthy a lot more than a guy like him, even though it's uh, th- th- there's similar uh, positions. Uh, just because of, the, like you mentioned, the penetrating and getting tackles for loss and things like that, and that's not Panashuk's game. Although I think he does have um, more talent, more uh, just raw physical ability, so maybe some more explosive traits than some of the guys you mentioned earlier that capped out in college, which I think gives him more of an edge to get to the next level. But yeah, it's interesting because he doesn't totally fit the profile for either, uh, you know, a nose tackle or a three technique in the, in the NFL. But the, I think the nose tackle is kind of shifting towards the type of guy he is. And yeah, like you said, uh, he plays with great power. And if you want to spend time this fall kind of studying Michigan State's defensive line during a game, just watch Panashuk for a handful of plays and the impact he has in stopping the run. Like, we know the the cliches about football's one in the trenches and things like that, but watching him and Raekwon Williams makes more, I think, splashier plays than Mike uh, Panashuk does, but just watch him sort of anchor run defense and clog up gaps and just suck up blockers and things like that. He's not someone that gets moved off the point of attack a lot. And yeah, and that's just, that's a pure power thing. And I think he can just, like I said, has some of that athletic ability, higher end skill to develop 
uh, into someone who can do a little bit more penetrating and things like that. Yeah, and that's not something that, that the tackles are asked to do. In no, yeah. Defense or like you were alluding to, so he's not supposed to be a, a huge playmaker at that position either. He's just, you know, the defense is designed for the linebackers to be able to make a, a majority of the plays. So mm-hmm. um, that's just sort of touching on what yeah. you were mentioning. Yeah, and we've we see that over the years. Whoever the middle linebacker is in the Michigan State defense racks up numbers, uh, and sure. you don't you you get a lot more of the more gaudy type numbers from rush uh, edges or outside linebackers coming off blitzes and things like that. It's just not a lot of uh, the way the defense is designed. The the interior guys need to hold their ground and make life easy for the linebackers, and he does a great job at that. Let's move down real quick to uh, number nine, Naquan Jones. Um, He's another guy that's got some, you know, explosive traits interior does a good job anchoring and things like that. What did you, or what do you see as his, like, what does he need to do? Cause he right now playing time is a, is a tough for him because he's behind two studs. What does he really need to do to be someone who you would maybe move up this list in the future? Yeah, it's really just going to come down to opportunity. Um, you know, he's probably the biggest, he is, I think uh, he's the biggest projection, I think on this list, um, just because of, the sample size is so small, but when we do see him, um, he, he makes plays, and he kind of does some of those things that we just talked about with Panashuk uh, that he doesn't do as well. As well. You know, Jones really can uh, – he's really an explosive disruptor in the middle there. Um, he's quick off the ball. He's He's got good moves. He's good with his hands. So, um, he you know, he's down there. He's in there in a lot of passing downs and the third down package and stuff like that. There's a reason for that. So we just got to see him put it all together. But uh, those tools, you know, lead me to believe that – you know, a guy that size with those tools could could put some together and become a draft pick. But uh, he's probably the biggest projection um, in terms of still got a still got a, lot, a long way to go before he really makes it. But uh, um, I felt comfortable yeah. putting him on there just because of based on what I've seen. And uh, you know, when you, when I started doing this, I was like, you know, again, based on what they've done to this point, uh, there's really not many guys. You know, stretching it to ten could be kind of hard. So that's mm-hmm. kind of a gamble on him. Yeah, well, he's someone, too, who, I mean, he weighs 330 pounds, 340 pounds, something like that, where Panashuk's closer to 300. I would He's listed at 300. I would think he's a little bit under that. Uh, but Naquan Jones is someone who, like we were just talking about, can play that true nose technique at the next level and be just a massive dude that fills up space and eats blocks. Um, so, yeah, if he can get some of that, and, and I'm, you know, Snacks Harrison is kind of the ceiling type of that player in, in the modern NFL, and it's easy because he's in Detroit right now. But, and I, I'm not saying Naquan Jones is ever going to be that, but if he can get some of that uh, shiftiness, that lateral quickness that uh, Harrison's able to pair with his big size, uh, he can certainly find a spot at an NFL roster, and he's going to get a greater opportunity. I think he'll play a little bit more this year, but then certainly if he's around, um, the year after that, and you would expect him to be, uh, could be his chance to shine. Uh, let's move down here. Number eight. This is an interesting one because it is quarterback Brian Lewerke. Um, I think if we were doing this last year, he may have been a little bit higher in your list. I don't want to speak for you. You can answer that in, oh, in a absolutely. second. Absolutely. Um, but I, I, in another show that I do, and I've talked about this, I we did like big, bold predictions for Michigan State football at the beginning of the season. And I said, Brian Lewerke will be uh, drafted in the first round of the NFL draft. Uh, missed Ooh. on that one. Yeah. Um, hey, you I, know, there's still time. There's still time, man. I, I honestly think, like, his skill set is still something that if he has a great year, uh, he'll be in the conversation, although it's going to be a really good quarterback class. Um, but if Brian Lewerke had 
like let's say his progression was just um slope linear like right as as well as he went from freshman to sophomore he went sophomore to junior and had that type of year last year uh he would have been in the discussion with that group of quarterbacks last year there weren't you know that was a sort of a weak NFL quarterback class so he certainly could have been in that discussion like when Daniel Jones is going six overall anything is possible um but yeah, he, yeah. yeah the, the biggest thing for him uh certainly is health but I think uh, scheme change might really do something to help him. Yes. I, I don't know. You can debate the merits of playing in a pro style offense uh, in college and how that translates and how much scouts like that. But we're seeing certainly a shift in how the NFL thinks about their quarterbacks uh, in terms of more uh, getting more athletic guys in there. And Lewerke in terms of someone who can throw is a pocket passer, but also has that mobility on the side. He really fits that profile. He does. He does. Um, and like you said, this would have been a great year to have a, a really boom uh, breakout season, and then go, you know, from a financial standpoint, just given the other quarterbacks in the draft. Yeah. Um, I, I so I've got him at eight right now. And I going, again, sort of going back to my criteria, it was like, as I was putting it together, could I see this person being drafted? You know, relative to the guy above him and the guy below him, could he be? Do I see him? Do I see him as more likely he gets drafted than the guy above him? Yes. Do I see it more likely than the guy below him? No. So. I think it's kind of, you know, I think he's right on that coin flip 50-50 line right now. He's had one very good season and one very bad season. Um, and we all know the very bad season had a lot to do with injury and, and whatnot. So, I mean, maybe you can throw that out in the wash, but this year's kind of like the rubber match. It's like, which one, which yeah. player is he? Is, is, is he 2017 the work he is? Is he 2018? Um, you know, I think if he repeated 2017, he's probably going to get drafted. Um, but, you know, if he wants to have a legitimate career and, and really uh, be a factor, I, you know, be a, a middle to upper round pick. He's got to obviously exceed 2017. Um, he does have the mobility, like you said, but he doesn't have the biggest arm. And accuracy has always kind of been a, a weird thing for him, even though he's been productive. His his completion percentage and his, his accuracy numbers haven't always been there. Um, and that's going to be something that you, that you definitely want to see from an NFL standpoint. Yeah, and just schematically, Michigan State makes its, its – its offense makes life very difficult on quarterbacks even – uh, you know, there's been a number of pros that have come through here and, and the completion percentages tend to hang around 60%. So um, just with the college game and the more modern offenses, easier throws and things like that, I think he could end up having a mid sixties completion percentage and that'll help perception. And if he has a great season, I think it's going to be really easy for people to just toss last year out the window. Um, and from a scouting standpoint, given the shoulder injury, given what happened around him, uh, and given what happened in 2017, I think that'll be something that it'll be a red flag, but it could be looked over, looked past pretty quickly. And people who do this stuff for a living, the scouting people that um, whatever they're on Twitter and things like that, uh, Lewerke was really starting to gain, gain steam last summer when they start pouring through prospects and things like that uh, as someone that a lot of people were really kind of getting on board with and like, Hey, this redshirt sophomore had a great season has great mobility, you know, not a great arm, but a plus arm, a good enough arm uh, and can do some things. And then, yeah, it certainly just fell off the table for him there. But uh, I think with a great season this year, he could propel himself into, you know, a day one, day two type conversation, uh, you know, and we'll see how things sort of play out in terms of schematics and things like that. But I, I think just based on what we've seen and heard, uh, life will be a little bit easier for him uh, on offense this year. You, you hope so. You also got to remember, I just want to point out, like, 
even when he was healthy last year, that didn't really go very well. Um, mm-hmm. So that's, um, you know, I, I'm with you that if he does have a great year, 2018 will just kind of be a footnote. Most of it will be washed up to the shoulder, uh, just chalked up to the shoulder. But uh, but it is worth noting at least, uh, he, you know, some things. And he didn't have a running game, and he didn't have great protection and all that. So there's a lot that goes into it. But even yeah. when he was healthy, um, he didn't really look like – he didn't look right. He didn't look like the 2017 player uh, early on last year. Just wanted to note that. Yeah, no, I'm with injuries around him were big. And then, yeah, I know the first few weeks, uh, Dave Warner had some comments about maybe Brian's trying to do too much right now. Uh, There was some speculation, like maybe Brian is trying to think too much, trying to commit too much to staying in the pocket constantly instead of just going out and playing. So we'll see how things sort of develop for him down the road. Okay, we're going to take a quick break right there. I told you we ran long, so (laughs) long episode for you guys today. Don't tell my bosses I'll get in trouble. Uh, So we will return with Steven. Uh, We pick up with Brian Lewerke. Oh, that's a spoiler. I shouldn't have said that. We pick up with somebody else uh, next after this quick commercial break. You can get Locked on Spartans on the brand new podcasting app Himalaya, as well as Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. And when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked on Spartans. All right, welcome back to segment two of today's Locked on Spartans. Let's jump right back into our conversation with Stephen Brooks from 247sports.com. Let's move to Daryl Stewart here. Uh, Daryl actually was listed. uh, Jim Nagy runs the Super Bowl, uh, threw out a picture of a group of what here? 12 receivers that just he says a few names in no particular order to remember for next fall Senior Bowl. And wouldn't you know it, Daryl Stewart is on there. I was surprised to see him on there. And I, I... I think Daryl Stewart's really good, and I guess it's sometimes tough with Michigan State receivers because we're not used to having big, massive, explosive guys who are just, you know, 6'4", 200 pounds, run 4'5", and are just like, wow, that's a prototype NFL-type player. Like, that guy's going to be a pro when he steps on the field. Uh, So you don't really know in terms of athleticism and testing and things like that, but we know he's got solid hands. We know he's a good number or or a good – uh, route runner and things like that is reliable, but I think testing and things like that, he's going to have to be productive this year. And then he's going to have to do well in terms of testing, I think as well. Totally agree. Yeah, totally agree. Um, I, you know, again, you know, so you look at Lewerke's above him, Stewart's right there, right there. Uh, at this point, you know, again, if the draft was tomorrow, I, I'm not sure about Lewerke. I'm more sure that Stewart could be like a sixth or seventh rounder, you know, mm-hmm. um, just to go back to how this how this all works. If people are confused, um, maybe I've confused them even more by trying it's to. Right. Right. No, it, honestly, but, we're just we're just talking shop here. Who cares? <laughs> sure, sure. Uh, but no, yeah, I mean, yeah, he's definitely the type of guy where you could be. Yeah, you see him at the Senior Bowl, and then you hear, you know, you see some good tweets about him, and uh, and then the next thing you know, you know, he's taken off in the middle of the fourth round or something like that. Um, but yeah, like you said, it has been kind of hard for MSU receivers to translate, even no matter how good they've been in college. Uh, for whatever, you know, BJ Cunningham was great, and mm-hmm. Lippitt was great, and Burbage were great, and uh, they were all low or undrafted guys. Um, so it'll, yeah. it'll be interesting. But I do think he has some skills that, uh, you know, with the right exposure, I think uh, I think that was shot for sure. Yeah, and we'll see if he can turn in. I don't know. He's not the guy that Keyshawn Martin was in the return game, but some of the work he does underneath reminds me of him. In a way, I'm not sure he's that fast. Um, but again, Keyshawn yeah. ended up what mid-round, fourth-round draft pick who played for a handful of seasons in the NFL. So could be something like that. I think he might be a little bit more reliable in terms of catching than Keyshawn. Uh, but he's somewhere he's in that mix. Testing. Yeah, I want. Uh, I think he plays really fast, so I want to see mm-hmm. what you know how fast he actually is. 
I think that yeah. was big. Speaking of fast, let's move on to Speedy. Uh, Speedy Naylor, I was really happy to see him on six or on this list at six. Like we said, it's not just guys who are draft eligible. Um, you don't have to watch a Michigan State game. Well, you do have to watch a Michigan State game for long because he didn't get too many touches as a freshman, but you don't have to watch too many Jalen Naylor touches to realize that there's something special there. Uh, he's yeah, who's he, Who's been faster than him? Who's the last guy they've had around? That was you think that you can remember that was faster than him. It's been a minute. Uh, on offense, uh, it would take me a little bit. I mean, Lippitt, I guess, whenever he was on offense, uh, you know, he was on offense primarily there at the end. Uh, Trey Waynes comes to mind. Jeremy Langford is in that mix. Probably, probably Langford. Um, yeah, because like, yeah, our best offensive threat. Yeah, Langford put in a four-four-one there, and he did have that that straight line speed. But yeah, there's and he's got the shiftiness to go with it too. Uh, and we've seen, you know, he's working on traffic and being a more well-rounded guy. And I, I just, I hope, I'm sure they're going to, or they're going to try to, but like getting the ball in his hands more often has to be just a huge focus for this offense next year, because he's so explosive. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the reason I was comfortable putting him on here, even after one year, I think he had like, I don't know the number off the top of my head. I think it was like 17 total touches maybe, or it was less than 30, I know that. Yeah. Um, maybe even less than 20. But, um, you know, his speed, yeah, it's 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 the real separator between him and everybody else on the roster. When you have that as your baseline, you know, you can stack some skills on top of that. Um, so that fact alone puts him in the NFL conversation to me relative to MSU's other players. Uh, you know, you look at the whole receiver list and every – if you had a list of every receiver and all their skills broken down one by one, like – Jalen Naylor's speed would probably be at the very top of that list in terms of NFL skills. Yeah. Um, you know, there is another receiver on this list that we'll talk about, and he's probably got more. He does have more of a complete package, but uh, it, like I said, if you broke them all down skill by skill of all the receivers on the roster, I think Naylor's speed would be number one most translatable. Yeah, I'm with you. The The best individual skill on that offense is probably Jalen Naylor's speed. Um Let's uh, let's go to Joe Bocci here, and he's an interesting case because Michigan State linebackers, middle linebackers, have struggled a bit in translation to the NFL because it's become a sideline-to-sideline game, and I was talking about this uh, when I was talking about mock drafts. I think Joe's going to test pretty damn well. I think he is more athletic than he gets credit for, and if he's able to put together solid testing numbers um, – you know, like he could end up being just a perfect fit in today's NFL at the middle linebacker, what they're asked to do. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and he's, uh, let me see. Yeah. He's right there. So he's the cutoff point of the people that I'm sure that I'm 100% uh, confident will get drafted. Yeah. Um, you know, with him and, and the rest of these guys, the ranges could be all over the place, but I'm confident he will be a draft pick. And, and he specifically is, is a pretty big wild card, I feel like. Because um, what you said, you know, we always, we see some great linebackers at, at MSU that, that disappear once they get to the NFL. We've seen that for a decade now um, and more. So it's it's kind of puzzling. I'm almost kind of hesitant to project a, an MSU linebacker to to um, to sort of break that mold just because of what we've seen. But if anybody can, it can be him. I mean, he's got everything. Um, like you mentioned, I think he fits what people want out of that position now. I don't know uh, if he'll come out. I don't know if he'll pop off the charts with his testing numbers, but – I think if you just, you know, and if he does, good for him, and, and he'll be a top three, uh, he'll be gone in the top three rounds, I would imagine. But um, he just, you turn on the film, and I think that's all you need to know. He's going to have a ton of a ton of reps 
on film. Anybody can see anybody, anything they want him to do. They'll be able to see on tape how he does it. Uh, and you just watch, he's just a productive football player. He's athletic. He's probably the best athlete they've had at that position. Yeah, um, easily. If, we, if we can join off, uh, this is something I've been talking with people about. Darren Harris said on the spring game that, that Bocce would be his number one uh, Mike linebacker that since he's been around the program and you know all mm-hmm. the other guys that have been around there. I was just curious before we move forward what your thoughts were on that because um, that really stuck out to me when I was watching it back on, on TV. It's Yeah, it's tough to disagree with him. Um, Max obviously had a great career. Greg Jones um, are the two that kind of stick out uh, immediately. Um, but Bocce is... I mean, I think just because he's been doing it as long as those guys was, he's just as good as them. Uh, you know, Max always got so much credit for his cerebral approach, how smart he was and how good he was at setting everything up. And I think Joe's just as good as him in sort of that yeah. regard. But in terms of athleticism, being able to make plays, he's much more sideline to sideline. Just go like, go watch the interception against Utah State. Like that is a crazy athletic play uh, for him yeah. to make something that like no other linebacker they've had at that position uh, could, could just physically make that play. So he's got just incredible athletic ability and like, I don't know, it's just a football like magnet. Like he is always there. Yeah. Um, and it, it, yeah, Best it's tough. To just agree with Darren. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's not just stopping the run, it's coverage, it's playmaking. Uh, he's all over the place. And so, yeah, I, I would agree with, with Darian. I would think he's the best Mike they've had um, uh, under D'Antonio. And that's, that's saying a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The one thing I think that could knock him is, is his height. Although, you know, mm-hmm. we just saw Devin Bush. I think he was officially yeah. 5'11". You know, yeah. so I don't think that'll be as big of a deal as it would have been five years ago, but um, he's not the tallest guy. But again, I think uh, most folks are going to be able to just, I think all that will be secondary to what they see on film when you watch him. I think that's really what it all comes down to. Yeah, it really, <laughs> yeah, and in in the NFL, safeties are starting to look different. Linebackers sometimes are starting to look like safeties, and there's some like it's just different sort of ways. And I think athletically, he can fit that profile of a modern linebacker. Uh, let's move to defensive backfield. Josiah Scott, I would have had him higher, and I'm, I'm actually I understand why you have the guys above him. Um, that you do, but I, I may have had him second behind Kenny uh, if I was doing this list. Um, how come he ended up at four? Is it because of his size? Because like everything else with him, I mean, we'll see about the speed. He's He could be like Darquez Denard was that kind of guy who was not a burner, but was fast enough. Um, and that could be the case for Scott, you know, like a four or five-ish guy in the 40 yard dash, but he is 5'10, 168. Was that the big thing that is going to be the, the biggest question, I guess, that he's going to have to deal with? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then I do still see him getting drafted. Um, like I said, Bachi, the, at the top five, I all see one with getting drafted 100%. Um, I just felt like uh, Scott, as of right now, you know, he's probably a, he's probably a day three guy. Um, I just don't know what his ceiling would be. Um, and I guess that's sort of the separator with some of these other guys. I see higher ceilings, even though I see them all getting drafted. And I see a pretty big range for for a good amount of them. But um, I think I'm not sure of his ceiling in terms of draft number. I don't, I'm not saying he can't be a great pro. Um, just his ceiling, uh, yeah, if about 5'9 or whatever, 5'10 he's listed at, 168. Mm-hmm. Uh, he'll measure much, or, you know, not much, but he yeah. won't measure in at 5'10, I don't think. Um, no, he'll be 5'9. And another guy that just, yeah, another guy that's just a great football player, but uh, – I don't know if he's going to run a great straight line 40. And just when you put together that combination of not ideal size and, uh, you know, perceived, a perceived 
average time or worse or whatever, um, you know, I could just see some questions going up. So I think people, once they dive into him, will see. He just knows how to play. He's just got incredible instincts, incredible technique. And we'll just say, look, this guy knows how to play football. We want him on our team. Um, I think enough people will reach that conclusion where he'll get drafted. But uh, I'm just not comfortable saying he's, like, going to be uh, – can be anything higher than a day three, I guess, right now, just because I think that that size and speed combination might uh, might worry some folks. But if he tests well, then, um, hey, who knows? Yeah, we'll see. And I think just his ability – Uh, And if you watch him in coverage, his hands, his feet, his hips, things like that, that really, they really grind on with when they evaluate corners, like he's excellent with all that stuff, just naturally, like he, like you said, he just knows how to play the position. And I think at worst, he ends up as like a nickel type guy, you know, if you want to worry about his size, uh, moving into the slot, things like that at the NFL. Um, But yeah, I think he's for sure going to get drafted. If he has a great season this year, could be someone who goes early. We'll see what happens there. All right, let's take a break right there when we get back. Segment three with Stephen Brooks. In an ever-changing podcast world, you need Himalaya with their personally curated playlists and new features every day. Download Himalaya at your app store and subscribe to Locked on Spartans. All right, welcome back to segment three of today's Locked on Spartans. Let's finish this thing up strong with one more segment with Stephen Brooks from 247sports.com. Number three, uh, would be my number one, like I just mentioned, Kenny Willekes. Um, I think, I don't know if you want to, so he appeared in, I read like six or seven of these 2020 way too early mocks and Kenny was in all but two of them. You know, he was in most of them. Uh, generally at the back end of the first run, I think I saw him as high as 21. Um, yeah. He, yeah. He's just like, I don't know. There's, um, if you want to talk about someone like maybe a Chase Winovich type who like the motor just as a recent name that we kind of all know, like the insane motor and the absolute obsession with playing football at an insane level, like is really what drives him. And he's gotten much better clearly being a former walk-on. There's still, I don't think he'll be in the NFL an elite pass rusher, but someone who can come in, set the edge, stop the run and occasionally get after the quarterback. Um, and I think he's someone who could find himself uh, as a day late day one, 20 to 32, somewhere in that range pick. Uh, and at worst for me, uh, an early day two guy somewhere in the second round, uh, just given what he's accomplished so far. Yeah, I'd agree with that. It was interesting talking to him. Uh, we talked to him during spring ball near the end there. And uh, he said that the big thing from the NFL was, was improving his pass rush. And I've always, you know, mm-hmm. especially the second half of last year, I thought he was a pretty good pass rusher. Maybe it's just because MSU's pass rush has been so bad collectively lately. But I mean, he, for the last <laughs> two years, I thought he's been the best that they've had, which, you know, again, maybe he's, yeah, much, but he's um, solid. it's not an NFL level tool. I get that. So, um, but yeah, no, I think, I think for me, at least the range on him is pretty big still right now. I know he is popping up on a lot of those things, but uh, you know, there's a lot of folks that, that we think are first rounders going into the year. And then we hear him on day three and stuff. I'm not saying yeah. that'll be him. But uh, and I agree. You know, right now it's probably looking like a third round floor um, for him. But I think that the NFL teams will like uh, his story. You know, they always seem to love the the football grinders, uh, mm-hmm. the guys that are going to pour everything into it. You know, you're going to get that. Um, it'll be a lot about fit with him because he's you know he's still not huge. Uh, you know, just in terms of his weight and everything. I don't know what type of scheme people might want to throw him into, you know, you always, with those undersized guys, you always hear conversations about making him a linebacker. I don't think that would be 
the best spot for him at give it at this point, given his development. But um, yeah, I think somebody, I think somebody will. Add, with, oh yeah, just you yeah, know, he's, yeah, six four two six. He's just he is. It, it depends because the NFL has different size dudes at, at the edge, depending on the scheme and things like that. Um, right, but in right. terms of yeah, four three every down guy, or is it going to be a, yeah, you know, three four edge pressure type of guy? So there's somebody mm-hmm. will have to do their research, but I think they like what they see when they look into him. Yeah, and I think he he'll he'll be one of those guys. We're talking about the the draft or whatever analysts are doing it, and they'll say when he whenever he gets picked, they'll go, "This is a safe pick." <laughs> like he'll be one of those <laughs> guys that maybe the ceiling isn't there, the explosiveness that you get from like. I don't know, whatever, a Von Miller type, you know, a, a Garrett, a, a freak, right? Um, right. But he's going to be someone who's just, you could see playing eight years in the NFL, solidly consistent, important member of a defense that is just that unheralded grinder type who does a great job in the run, sets the edge, like I mentioned, gets six sacks or something like that, gets some tackles for loss and just plays a really important role that's maybe not, the headline grabber, but it's just a really solid pro for a long time. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. Look what he's done and you know, they'll, they'll yeah. be able to help him reach another level. And like, if, if they're, if it's, if is something doesn't happen to him, like there's no reason why he shouldn't end up being a solid pro, just given what we saw, like how we came into Michigan state and what he is now. And just the type of competitor and things like that, like, it's it's hard for me to see him not having some sort of uh, substantial prolonged to some extent NFL career. He's just that type of guy that you can easily see having a long NFL career. Um, you're number two here. Uh, and it's not surprising to me that he's on this list. I didn't think he'd be this high. So tell me why Cody White is your number two guy in this list. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I just started uh... – I uh, went in reverse order. I went one through ten first when I was just mapping it out. Um, and I was just like, okay, who are the you know the guys I'm most confident will be pros one day. I am 100% sure he will be a pro. Um, he, he's just really polished. Right? We saw that even since his freshman year. Um, yeah. You could kind of tell he had a big future ahead of him. I think he built on it the right ways last year, and and now this year uh, with Felton going out and him sort of stepping into the the go-to role, I think the sky's the limit. Um, so just sort of projecting uh, based on how he grew through year one and year two, uh, I thought he was, you know, like I said, the polish and just sort of the overall well-rounded skill set. I just look at him and I go, that's an NFL receiver. You know, he doesn't have the the crazy burst or the top-end speed, but uh, he runs good routes. He's strong with the ball. He catches the ball. Uh, he makes really difficult catches, can contort his body and all that. So um, of all these guys, there's only one more that I was more confident would, would be an NFL pro for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it like it's just Cody's just good. <laughs> yeah, he's just good at football, and that's obviously a consistent theme with the handful of guys at and the I top mean, of this list. He might be a day three pick, you know. If, mm-hmm. Again, if he went off last weekend, he probably would have been a day three pick. But yeah. I am confident he will have a shot in the NFL. You know, no matter what. Then you throw in uh, his dad's connections and everything. Of course, uh, that's going to help out. Not that he needs it. Like I said, he's, yeah. he's earned it on his own merits. But uh, when you throw that in there, somebody's going to. Somebody's going to draft Sheldon White's son. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Someone's going to draft Sheldon White's son. And we'll see in terms of athleticism, things like that, if he can improve on it. I mean, he's a good athlete, but, um, you know, I don't think he's quite a burner or anything like that. But he's a really solid guy with great hands. Um, and I think what we're going to see more in terms of um, – we always see, tend to see this at Michigan State, guys who just kind of develop into 
ball winners, contested catch type guys. Um, He's going to be someone who's going to be an outlet valve, a safety valve, uh, a go up, make a big play type of guy. Like he profiles as that. And yeah, there's some polish there for sure. Like he's savvy. Uh, He was savvy when he came in as a young guy. You can see that really easily. And if he was an explosive athlete, uh, someone who you watch him play and like that guy runs a four, four. I know that like, just based off that, like he would be, uh, you know, a top three or four receiver uh, prospect potentially, but he's just, you know, he's just not that level of athlete, but if he can improve on that, certainly could be a mid, uh, you know, mid round type guy uh, and be a solid NFL player. Last one here. And we went long. That's fine. I don't really care. Um, Maybe I'll split this. That's probably my fault. My bad. No, you're good. It's my fault. (laughs) I'm the one keeping time here. Uh, You got Raekwon Williams at number one. He did actually show up on one of those 2020 way to really mock drafts, which I was happy to see. I wasn't expecting it, but I was happy to see um, because he's just a hell of a football player, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I'm, you know, I'm all over Raekwon Williams. I think he's great. Uh, yeah, obviously I, he's, uh, I mean, where do you start? He's six four, three hundred pounds. Um, I thought he would have been a surefire pick this year. And, uh, you know, now that he comes back for another year, it's, it's a lock. Uh, I think he could be, I don't know if, the, you know, again, the, the range is there. Uh, I don't know about first round, but I think probably from second round on, I could see him anywhere in that mix. Um, he can play his way into the first round. Yeah, like maybe if, even if, that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if he I'm has not, a great – I'm not shutting the door on yeah. If he has a great season and maybe shows some development, and then, again, Michigan State doesn't do a ton with interior pass rush and things like that, um, but if he's able to get free a few times and get a couple of sacks under his belt and show a little bit uh, of explosiveness yeah. and short area quickness in there as a pass rusher, you could certainly see that. That's not his game, but that would just be sort of another tool to throw in the tool belt, so to speak. Yep, that's the last piece, really. Um that if he can if he can look like a better pass rusher, and again that that will never be a strength probably. That's probably not what the NFL will ask him to do. But uh, if he could just show that and just check off one more box, I think he'd be in great shape. Uh, just given on what he's done now, I mean, uh, what is it, 26? I think straight starts for him. Uh, he's gonna have a bunch of tape and, and really good stuff. He, he's just immovable in the middle there. When you have a guy like that, you know, he doesn't have the 340 pound frame, but he's just really really strong at the point of attack and just and just makes life hell in the interior um yeah I, i'm pretty sure i named him a defensive mvp last year just because uh you know the, the, the numbers are never going to be flashy but what he does for that defense at michigan state i'm saying uh, is is invaluable you know him and panache together yeah. but uh him specifically i feel like it, uh is really the the linchpin of what they're able to do defensively in terms of leading the nation and rushing defense. And uh, yeah, so that'll be able to translate to the NFL. Somebody will always want a big dude that can move, that can hold the line. And again, if he can start making a little more, a few more plays behind the back, uh, behind the line of scrimmage, then it'll just be more money in his pocket. I think. Yeah. And you can see the, the athleticism certainly there with him. You can see it on different uh, moments. It's more consistency with that and turning you know, he's a, he's an athletic guy. He's a hard worker. He's strong. He's powerful. It's turning all that into becoming a playmaker from that interior line position, which just, like we said, it, he's not that right now. It's not a ton or it's not a big thing he's asked to do in this defense. Um, but if NFL teams see that potential and like, you know, see him make some plays like this dude is a playmaker from the interior spot. He is strong. He's explosive. He's an anchor. 
uh, yeah, he's certainly going to find himself or find his name called pretty early in the draft process. He would have absolutely been drafted this year, somewhere in the mid rounds. Um, but yeah, if he can just show a little bit more of that playmaking ability from that interior spot, he's going to jump up boards for people. You don't have the best run defense in the nation or one of the top two or three run defenses in the nation uh, without great tackles. And people who know football, uh, who know how to scout football, will watch Michigan State tape and be like, that dude is freaking special. Um, so us laymans, we don't see it as much as those guys. They're going to be able to see it. Um, he's really freaking yeah. I don't see, I guess maybe the best way to put it is I just don't see any way he's not in the NFL next yeah. year. Um, yeah, I don't know what, what area you'd have to, what prism you'd have to look through to not see an NFL player in him, uh, I guess is the simplest way to put it. And it's, and then you, you know, you, you see him chasing down screens uh, 10 yeah. yards from behind. Yeah, that's, stuff, yeah, that's the athleticism. That's just the in the cake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's not even just athleticism. It's like motor and like his, we, we know his story. They're going to know his story. Um, uh, D'Antonio says he's going to be the freaking mayor of Chicago. Like it's go find someone who has something bad to say about him. It's really tough. <laughs> yeah, um, and yeah, that stuff absolutely. certainly all plays into it too. Uh, not just character, but like football characters, stuff that NFL people absolutely love. That's why Kari Willis went from a fifth round draft pick to, uh, you know, an early, early fourth round draft pick. Um, so that stuff definitely matters uh, at the next level. All right, that's our time, Stephen. Uh, thanks so much. Stephen Brooks, 247sports.com. Uh, as always, read his stuff. What's your Twitter handle? I don't have it up right now in front of me. It's all right. It is Stephen M as in man underscore Brooks. Stephen Man Brooks. Stephen M. Brooks. No, so, yes. yes, yes. <laughs> you should change it to Stephen Man Brooks. Um, I'm no, just going to I was worried people thought I was going to do, I was trying to do like a Stephen A thing and do Stephen M, but uh, Stephen Brooks is, I think, is some like uh, astrologist or something like that. He's got my so you handle. Got a, so you I got a difference. Yeah, I got you. A little bit. I get yeah. you. Um, thanks for the time, man. And uh, we'll catch up with you, I'm sure, down the road. Sure, sure. Appreciate it, Will. Appreciate it. Take care. All right. Thanks again to Steven for joining the show. Always good to hear from him. Good insight as always. Guy really uh, knows his stuff and is always gracious with his time. So I always appreciate that. Uh, Thanks so much for listening to today's episode of Locked on Spartans. We'll be back Monday with uh, whatever news is happening in the world of Michigan State Athletics. Uh, over the week, and it might not be much. Maybe we'll uh, continue our positional breakdowns with the uh, wide receivers or running backs uh, on Monday's show. Either way, thanks for listening to Locked on Spartans. Reminder, rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. Until next time, go green.